<laughs> you know when George Russell passed Charlotte Claire and yeah. his, his engineer is like, all right, Buffalo Girls. Two Buffalo Girls go around the outside, round the outside, round the outside. <laughs> the fuck? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Formula America podcast. We're your host, Curtin Dillon, and this is the British Grand Prix weekend review. And I'm sorry if you're not a McLaren fan, but I am. So this was the best weekend so there far is this season. No non-McLaren fans this weekend. <laughs> oh There's my god! No yeah. one that wasn't rooting for them. I, I I think everybody. It's just such a. Lando Norris has one of those personalities where you kind of want to see the kid do good. And then the fact that they're actually like really fighting and yes. for like to the point where he was leading a couple laps of the race. Oh my gosh. It was incredible. I, and Saturday for me was probably one of the high, like highlights of the weekend. I was on such a high after quality. It was incredible. It was incredible. so much fun. Q2 is kind of whatever, but Q1 and Q3 was on fire. And somewhat literally for one, you know, for K Max. Yeah, but uh, I, I love I love the picture afterwards where it's the three of them, the the two McLarens, and then Max. And Max has got his hands on his head. <laughs> it's just like a total shock of who's sitting next to him. Oh my god, man! What a weekend, dude! I and bet I, I bet McLaren, the whole team right now, is still just Zach buzzing. Brown was like floating through the garage, high fiving everybody. He was so happy. Dude, I love that one. <laughs> when he walked up to Lando doing the interview and gave him that high five and he walks away, Lando's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I like how anytime Lando gets interviewed, it's hilarious because he's still just a total child and he's cracking jokes saying Max ruins everything. He was like, you know, I was on pole, but, you know, Max had to come ruin it. Like, you know, Max just ruins everything. <laughs> like, he's always cracking oh, jokes. It's hilarious. I love it. I, I feel like he, like Danny really taught him well and mentored him well. Yes. And uh, I've got a Danny prediction for later in the podcast. I can't wait to hear it. I'm so excited for what's coming up with him. Oh, yeah. It's going to be good. Um, but, yeah, let's get into it. This is an awesome weekend. Practice was nothing crazy. I didn't, you know, uh, Charles Claire, I believe, didn't even get out in FP2 because he had an electrical issue with his Ferrari. Um, you know, which was, yeah, f- Ferrari power units and Ferrari mechanics in mechanical issues in general this weekend we had what three power unit failures electrical issues like just across the yeah. board um but otherwise not a whole lot other than williams looking fast and everyone wow. wondering if it's practice or if it's real uh, yeah i remember they're trying to speculate on they're like oh well maybe they didn't have a full fuel load or whatever but yeah. no williams came out of the gate firing i think it was uh who was it? Crofty, I think, referred to it as a proper little rocket ship. <laughs> I, was, I was like, that's awesome. That's a good way to put there it. There was a couple of cars this weekend being called rocket ships. There was, man. There was. No, it was a ton of fun. And I mean, man, when we got to Quali, it was wet. and But it was kind of wet. It was that transitionary wet. It was just like, oh, yes, here we go. <laughs> so excited. Yeah, that, that was, I love to see that when you turn it on. You're like, okay, we got some water on the track. This is going to be good. And it was funny because it was like not even the drivers or the teams knew what to do. They couldn't pick which tires. Half of the grid was on softs. Half the grid was on intermediates. Then, a, well, the math doesn't add up. But then had the other, you know, third half of the grid <laughs> the other was half. still in the garage <laughs> waiting to see what happened. And then yeah. Lewis Hamilton just spins her all around right out on the first lap. But. 
it, it just seemed to not be that big of a factor. He got it out of the gravel and kept on rolling. Yeah, that was one of those. It's kind of rare to see Lewis, you yeah. know, going off track or putting it into a wall or spinning out or something. But yeah, it seemed like, you know, he spun out, kept it going. And then pretty much everybody that was on inners pitted and put the softs on. Yeah, it, it was everyone on a soft pretty quick. But that also just meant that, like, lap times were just tumbling. Right. Every single yeah. time they went around, the track was drying up and they were getting more confident and they were going faster. And so it was just kind of, you know, you just had to be out there with enough fuel to continue to lap till the track got driest and be the last one to go, like, which is what hosed Perez. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm starting to think Perez is the one that's hosing Perez at this point. I agree. But if you, I was, and I just rewatched it on the highlights, and we'll get it. You know, we had a quick red flag because it came ag, um, power unit failure, number one of the weekend, um, yeah, first, <laughs> the first one. <laughs> um, but Perez came around and he crossed the finish line at zero, at one second left on the clock, like crossed it, and he went to the top of the charts, purple sectors. He was the fastest P, uh, provincial pole as the time went out in Q one. And then Williams went through and Albon, you know, it was Albon. He went to number one, Perez went to two. And I thought it was ironic. The, uh, the commentators said, oh, you know, Albon just went to P1 ahead of Perez. He's probably safe. Well, no. 14 more cars passed and dropped Perez all the way down to 16 and out. Like, yeah, he, it, was, it was wild because he was right at the top. And next, you, like, you blink and all of a sudden he's out. And Max was one of the last ones to go, and I found out he wasn't supposed to be the last one. He's actually supposed to be one of the first ones, but he understeered. I'm doing air quotes for everyone just listening. It took his front wing off in the pit lane. He's like, there's no grip. You were rolling, dude. He understeered like, at like five miles an hour. <laughs> um, and took his front wing off, so he got pushed back into the pits. They replaced the wing, and then he went out. And so because of that, he was one of the last drivers out, and he was on the you know, driest track there was. And so I, I definitely Perez has got some issues that need to be discussed, but it was a little, I, he was probably going to go out anyway in Q2, like he usually does, but going out in Q1, I think was just kind of a lot of bad timing. That's sad that that's the status quo. Now you're like, Oh, <laughs> like he usually does on that. It's, it's, it's a good segue. My prediction for Checo Perez. Okay. And Danny Ricardo. Okay, coming in early. Let's hear it. Checo's going to replace DeVries. Danny takes Red Bull seat. You know what is? I was actually thinking about that the other day. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. Do you see that interview with Max Verstappen where they were talking about the uh, – he's he mentioned winning the Constructors Championship, and he was like, it's kind of just basically up to me at this point. Yeah. Like saying that Checo's not even helping. He is, and he isn't. And I was looking at that this morning. I went and looked at the driver's stats. So Max has 255 points. Perez has 156. Perez is 99 points. We're not even at the halfway point. Perez is 99 points behind Max. Okay? So Perez is at 156. Fernando's at 137, 19 points behind Perez. And Lewis is at 121, 25 points behind Perez. So Perez is one race away from losing, from dropping out of P2 in the driver's standings. 
You're in the fastest car by miles. Max is 99 points ahead of you. Max has more points than Williams. Or I'm sorry, yeah, of course, Williams. But Mercedes, <laughs> Ferrari, and Aston Martin by himself. Like, That's you, not that a good is look. unacceptable to be falling out of contention in the in the world drivers championship so because of that i say checo goes to nick go takes nick devries spot and helps to develop alpha tauri checo's a good driver right he can help pull that car forward and put danny back in that red bull one the pr and the marketing to have danny back in that car would i mean red bull doesn't need a whole lot of help right now but holy crap and i think that danny and max are actually would work really well together I know yep. there was some contention when they were leaving and Max was on the up and up, but I think right now the status quo is what it is. And I think they've worked really well together. True. Did you see that clip from Horner over the weekend uh, addressing the crowd at Silverstone? No. So it was on the main stage. They're doing an interview. And of course, everybody's booing Christian Horner. Yeah. And yeah, he's yeah. like, uh, what did he say? He's like, oh, hey, guys, we've got Danny Ricardo driving on Tuesday and everybody starts cheering. And then Christian's like, if I bring him back, would you like me then? <laughs> so people are like, oh, is this like a little insight? Is he letting a little secret slip? Um, but yeah, man, I, I think that that would be good. And also with the changes that are coming to Alpha Towery, where Helmut Marco basically said that next year they're going to essentially copy the Red Bull as yep. much as they can without breaking the regulations yep. um so they've got a chance of you know having a, a really good car so it wouldn't be and have a you know checo it's not like sending him it's not like sending checo yeah exactly and, and so it, it'll be going to a decent car so i don't know that'd be an interesting uh prospect and i would be all for it i'm, I'm i like it it'd be fun um so that's basically so q1 uh we uh we're covering Q1. So knocked out in Q1 is Perez, Sonoda, Joe, DeVries, and Magnuson. Um, and then we go into Q2. Not a whole lot of craziness other than the fact that Botas doesn't even get a lap in. Um, and it turns out that he'd run out of fuel on track. Um, so he got di disqualified and had to start from the back of the grid on Sunday. Um, yep. But I didn't really, I didn't see much in Q2 that was any craziness. Did you? Uh, no, Q2 is kind of just there. And then Q3. Oh, that's where it got good. It got real good. Uh, man, they're just, the cars were all over the place, like setting times. Um, and then we had right there at the end, we had Norris on provisional pole. And I didn't know Max was on a flyer behind him. I legitimately, like when Norris put it on the top, I thought he had pole. I was ecstatic. I was like jumping up and down, standing. Uh, I wouldn't even sit and watch. And I was so happy that Max crossed the line, jumped to the top. And I went, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still, even with that, I was, because I think Max ended up doing like a yellow sector too, didn't he? Yeah. Or he, but it was like of his by sectors, a thousandth of a second or something. Yeah. So for a second, I was like, oh, he might actually get the pole. But man, it doesn't matter. It felt like he got pole. It, it was, it was so good. It was so much fun. They all, uh, and Piastri on P3, can't leave that out. Like rookie on P3. And, and that to me is what is so interesting because otherwise, like you're used to Lando being able to squeeze the most out of that car. Yeah. But the fact that Piastri was right there with him kind of shows two things for me. It shows for one that that's actually real McLaren pace. Mm -hmm. But for two, 
it shows that Piastri, like we said before the uh, the season started, this kid could be the real deal. And, you know, having both of those drivers at McLaren is a really interesting prospect if they continue this development and this uh, increase in pace that they have. Yeah, it, it was definitely says a lot, especially when you have, you know, Logan Sargent had track limits deleted like three times, didn't get out of Q2, couldn't match Albon. And you're not supposed to, you know, you're a rookie. You're not supposed to be matching the number one driver, but Logan keeps on having moments of greatness that get deleted because he goes over the track limits like it's more to be said than DeVries is doing but Logan's just kind of very much a rookie driver Piastri is being a good driver you wouldn't I know he's a rookie you put that nomenclature with him but like he's doing he's a good driver he is and he's got an excellent track record yeah he does um so super fun qualifying Let's get to the starting grid for Sunday. We got Max on pole, Lando in second, Piastri third, Leclerc four, Sainz five, Russell six, Hamilton seven, Albon eight, Alonzo nine, and Gasly in ten. Um, Nico Hulkenberg did not continue his Mr. Saturdayness and he got knocked out in Q2. Um, but super interesting when they did the aerial view of the starting grid. Right, you have Max all the way up front, and then you have staggered um, the two McLarens in there, and then you have the two Ferraris side by side, and then you have the two um, Mercedes side by side, and then you have uh, Alex Albon and Fernando Alonso, <laughs> and it's like it was, it, it was. I think very. You could basically sum up the top of the the charts right there. Like they're all side by side that there's no Perez and no stroll present. And Williams was up there somehow. Like <laughs> it, it was kind of funny how they were all just lined up perfectly like that. Yeah. Uh, and for me, when you see that, it kind of shows like the actual standing of the car, like where it, it should does. be. Cause it's kind of like falling in place. Yeah, it does. And it's amazing how close it is. I keep on wanting to be like, okay, I've decided who's my, um, like the the leaders, the best the best team, best constructors out there. Who's the midfield and who's the back of the field? And that best of the field and that midfield blend really hardcore. These new cars have done such a good job of that. The margins are so small that any weekend, like you know, we could make the argument right now that Aston Martin's kind of fallen to a best of the rest. But all, at the same time. Alonzo being on podium is something we predict regularly. Like, I don't know that you can call him the best of the rest if we're predicting him on a podium. Yeah, I think the the way the, I guess, best of the rest, the I don't even know if it would be a midfield at this mid- point, but the way it's like shaken up and it keeps changing, like almost on a weekly basis is so exciting to me. Like you had the beginning where, like you said, Aston Martin was there out of nowhere and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, Mercedes started making some upgrades. Ferrari made some upgrades. McLaren out coming out of left field all of a sudden. It's so cool to see how, how it just keeps shifting and changing. So it's like, I don't even. It kills us on the predictions because it's like, what is this McLaren's real pace? Should we be predicting Lando being up on the podium now or Lewis or Alonzo or Leclerc? I don't know who's like, what car is going to show up this weekend other than the Red Bull? It's so hard. It makes us look like amateurs, but it's not our fault. (laughs) (laughs) Just making excuses, getting ready for hungry guys. That's all. Yeah, right. So Sunday race day, 
We've got Brad Pitt out on track doing the most awkward interview of my life. Did you watch that? I couldn't find it. I didn't see it. So it was like one hour before the race started. I was up and I had ESPN on and they were interviewing Brad. And he's usually very just kind of stoic in interviews. And he was like jittery and kind of half laughing. It, it was one of the most awkward interviews. The one in the garage with Martin yes. Brundle. Yes. yes, I did see that. Yeah, yeah it was I, I thought so, too. Such a weird interview, but uh, really cool. I thought I really liked what he said about the movie and how Lewis Hamilton's one of the executive producers or producer. I don't know how all that stuff works. He's the producer, though. But he said Lewis Hamilton's taking it so seriously because he wants it's so important for him that it is the movie portrays Formula One in the right light and how they feel about it and all that good stuff. And so, you know, Brad was just like, dude, Lewis Hamilton's not joking around with this movie. And I'm like, awesome. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pumped for this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, super awkward interview. Um, and then all the cars out there, Botas is in the back because he ran out of fuel, so he got disqualified. Um, and it's about to be lights out. Dude. That first lap, not even just the first lap, before the first turn yes. was amazing. When when those lights went out and you saw that Max didn't get a good start. It's like he stalled. Yeah, he, he and to the point where it was like Oscar had to like take evasive maneuvers not to hit him. And by all accounts, like I think Oscar got a better start than Lando too, because he like ran up on both of them and kind of had to like get off of it in order to, you know, I think not if crash. he had gone left and gone on the outside of turn one, I think he would have been in first place. Dude, that like, would have been. We were watching the replays. He went right, and there was Lando right there, and he had to hit like let off the gas. I think if he went left, I think he would have passed both of them. Yeah, but man, it's one of those things. I'm sure he didn't expect that to happen. Yeah. Nobody expected that. Everybody thought Max would probably just take off and you're just chasing him. But for man, I can only imagine the butterflies and the excitement in Lando on those first two laps. I wish they had like a camera that was oh, facing shit. in the oh, helmet. Shit. Like, yeah, right? <laughs> Showing their face. But yeah, man, how, how amazing would that feel to be leading your home Grand Prix against Max Verstappen after being in the back of the pack for the entire season so far, and now you're leading for, what, four and a half, five laps of your home Grand Prix? And, that was incredible. Doing good. Like, Max didn't blow by you on the back straight. You led it for laps. Yeah. That, and that Max was, wasn't, Max was putting pressure on him too. Yeah. That McLaren wasn't a slouch this weekend and it's killing me. Cause I'm like, okay, is this the real pace of the car? Like, is this, yeah. can we expect McLaren up here competing now? I don't know. Cause I've thought about that about Ferrari. I'm like, oh, Ferrari's back in it. And then no, they're, they're actually not. They're in the midfield now. Yeah. Um, like I, it's killing me. Of Is this their real pace? I hope so. It feels like that first race when Fernando Alonso got on the podium yes. and same thing. It's like, is this the real pace? And then, you know, week after week, they proved it. So hopefully, hopefully they keep this up, man. It was it was just so exciting to finally see some excitement at the front of the pack. Yes. And, and it's like Max didn't just pull away like he always did. He had to fight for it. And, you know, eventually he got there, but it was still cool to see. It was awesome. Yeah, it's great. And Lewis was back in seventh and at turn one just. Locked it up, understeered, and went super wide and dropped down to nine. Yeah. Like that was really surprising. Um, and Russell had a great start and passed one of the Ferraris and was splitting them. Um, and, and it was, man, it was not a good race for Ferrari. Um, no, it was not. 
Yeah, what an awesome first lap. And then lap five, like you said, Max is back up into P1, but it took DRS, it took him driving to get past Lando, which is just awesome. Um, and Lando stayed within DRS range on Max for a while, too. It wasn't like he just immediately cleared the pack. Um, so, I mean, they really did have some good pace. He did, and I, and I think he kind of had to because Piastri was right behind him in DRS range. And again, it was the same thing. They were coming over the radio. Piastri was like, I've got, you know, I'm going faster. Can you switch us? And it was like, you're, again, guys, you're going faster because you have DRS. Like, yeah. you're not, come on. I know that. I, I was like, if McLaren switches these cars, I'm going to lose a ton of faith in them. And finally, it came with the radio pa- uh, on like lap seven. Uh, Piastri, or they, came, they told Lando that, hey, Piastri's not going to attack you. Like, don't, don't blow your tires off trying to stay within DRS range of max. <laughs> like, he's not going to attack you. And I was like, okay, good. Good, thank yeah. you. <laughs> They're not Ferrari. <laughs> um, but at that same time, Perez was only in 14th place. He'd moved up one position. He'd passed a Haas, and that was it. But by lap 10, the McLarens were 3.4 seconds clear of Leclerc. Driving away, like Max was three and a half seconds clear of the McLarens. The McLarens were three and a half seconds clear of the Ferraris. Yeah. Oof, like, oof. Awesome. Oof. Um, Ocon retires on lap 10 as well. He had, I believe it was a hydraulic issue, wasn't it? And that what they came back and said, I'm pretty sure he was just still picking up penalties from Austria. (laughs) Yeah. He's had a bad run of it. (laughs) Past few races. (laughs) I, I was read something earlier in the week. It said that he got the record for the most penalties in one race twice this year. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) <laughs> he's breaking his own records um yeah that was oof um i thought it was funny i made a mark on on the lap 18 the signs race engineer comes over and he's like we're thinking plan b like, what's plan b again i don't what <laughs> i don't remember that one <laughs> and then his engineer is like i'll get back to you <laughs> Like, wait a second. Does the engineer know what it is? <laughs> Who knows what's going on here? Who's running this show? <laughs> Nobody. That's the it was. Nobody. I know it's a bunch of clowns over there. Yeah. Because right after that, go ahead. I was going to say Ferrari, and, and you got to see it this week too. When in qualifying, when they had uh, Charlotte Claire and Signs swap in the pits, yeah. And then uh, Signs comes over the radio. He's like, "Why are you doing this to me?" And he's like, "But whatever." And you could tell, like, Carlos Signs is done like he's he's over it and i think that there's some excitement coming from there and i didn't realize both signs and charlotte claire their contracts are both up at the same time uh 2025 and so now it's like we've been saying it i think signs is in the best place he can be but he's kind of turning that around as the angrier he gets yeah but i mean he's also been you know he did really well last week um and he's had some good some better performances. So, I mean, he might start to open up some doors to some other options, but it's just, it's, it's funny to see how bad the relationship between the drivers and the team has become at that team. It, it seems like a very toxic place to be. I don't, I don't get it. Cause that is the most controllable thing out there. Budget caps. Don't hamper your strategy. Like the, the, the car, it, it's so bad on a personnel level. Like Fred Vasseur needs to fire half the strategists and team engineers. 
and you know go get the Ferrari Le Mans crew and bring them in because this is it's the most controllable aspect you have. Like it, it's crazy to me how bad it is, and no, it doesn't seem like they're doing anything to fix it. Yeah, it's it's been like this for far too long without any improvements. So, and then they yeah. on lap nineteen just to back it up, they pit Charles Leclerc from mediums to hards, and everybody on the field on mediums and a couple of people on softs are still saying there's not a lot of tire dig, like they're doing really well. So Ferrari tries to do an undercut and hoses themselves. You know, Leclerc drops down to like 12th place. Can't get the hards really fired up yet and just sits in the back and yep. no one responds to it. Everyone was like, that was dumb. Right? I like how Max is, uh, they said he saw it on the TV yeah. that a Ferrari came out the pits and he's like, uh, it's probably pitted. Should we just keep doing what we're doing? It's like, yeah, whatever Ferrari's doing, don't even worry about that. <laughs> that's what just we're let not them be them. Do. Yeah. yeah, that's Ferrari. That just shows us we're doing the right thing. Yeah, it, it was, you know, freaking Russell was on softs to like lap 29. Yeah, 29. It, it was crazy. Yeah, those, um, those softs held on for a while. They did. And we'll get to that with McLaren. But uh, yeah, so actually next note I have is then Russell pits. Um, and he has a slow pit stop and it puts him behind Leclerc. Um, but he didn't stay behind Leclerc for long. He did not. He had that amazing pass on the outside of uh, was it Luffield or I don't yeah, know what what the name of that turn is. But yeah, that pass was amazing going around the outside of Charles Leclerc just to see you know the the confidence that he had in the the car and in Charles Leclerc as well to go yeah. around and make that clean pass. That was awesome. It was good. And then lap thirty three, K Mag's oh. on fire. K Mag bringing some excitement. Finally, with his second his second fire. engine of the weekend. <laughs> Dude, and that was, again, you see that and you're like, that's a Haas. That's a Ferrari engine. Yeah, Ferrari better watch out. Yep. <laughs> Another Ferrari on fire. That's so crazy that Ferrari has become synonymous with being on fire at these races. Yeah, and not, you know, we're like, William's on fire. Well, we got to, you know, it's a Mercedes engine, so it's not actually on fire. They're just doing well. <laughs> at that point, when K-Mag went out of the race, it had kind of gotten to a kind of a lull. Yeah. Um. Because before that, I was actually I looked. It was like around lap twenty two. I was looking at all the intervals, and only Gasly. Gasly was the only one that was within DRS range of anybody else, and that was Alonso. Everybody else on the pack or in the track was one and a half to four seconds apart from the car in front of them. So that was the only pair that had DRS on the entire track. And, and ironically, kinda, that. Yeah, it wasn't helping Gasly at all. He had DRS for like five laps and could. Oh yeah, Alonso. to the point where commentators are like, "Is Alonso toying with Gasly?" Yeah. Like basically saying <laughs> that Alonso that was he bored. Would do. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just bored. Nothing else to do. It's like, oh, I'm gonna give this kid a little hope, thinking he has a chance. <laughs> and then crush it. I was. It, it flashed to him, and he has that real dark helmet on this weekend. I was like, I wish that for one of the liveries of his helmet, he would do Darth Vader. Oh, like, yes, it would just would be, be the amazing. best. Like, it's so him. That's something that he would do now, too, because oh, he's is. just having fun with it. Yeah. Alonzo is like that old man that doesn't give a damn, that'll just go out and wear whatever he wants, makes comments to people, super inappropriate comments, because he's like, what? I'm an old man. What are you going to do? <laughs> is is Alonzo toying with Gasly? Probably. It's yeah. Something yeah. he would do. <laughs> <laughs> he has nothing else to do right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, man, it, you know, they were safety car was out for six for six laps. Pretty much everyone dives into the pits. 
a couple of people, Piastri got hosed. He'd pitted just before the safety car. And so he had dropped back a little bit. Um, it was really Piastri, interesting. Piastri got hosed to the point where he was about to undercut Lando. When yeah. Lando went into the pits, he would have came out behind Piastri, which was really going to shake things up. But yeah, he's just not good timing for him, which, I mean, you, you couldn't see it coming. It was just the way it is. Yeah, it wasn't you know a Ferrari is going to catch on fire at some point, but you, you just can't, you know, predict it always. Um, yeah, he got a little bit hosed. I was really interested why McLaren chose to go with the hards and not the softs. We're on lap, you know, 33 through 39 while this is happening. So you have less than 20 laps left in the race. You just had George Russell go 29 laps on softs. Like, I don't know why, why they went with hards. Um, it seemingly, from the outside perspective, it didn't make any sense. And it wasn't like it was a rushed decision because yeah. they had a lot of time to kind of make that choice. And they choice. talked with Lando about it. Yeah. And he wanted softs. Yeah. Well, I guess he was, you know, questioning it, but yeah, it didn't seem like it made sense um, at the time. But looking back at it, I guess it kind of worked out in their favor. Well, one of the things that they kind of talked about that was curious was how the McLaren manages its tires, like the car, the car setup itself. And it tends to make it, it tends to overheat the tires, what it said. It has a bad deg problem, kind of like the Ferraris do. And so I'm wondering if they were just worried. Sure, the Mercedes made it 28 laps on a set of softs, but that was a Mercedes that manages its tires better. I wonder if they're like, screw it, we'll put the hards on. It'll take a couple laps to get them up temperature. But once we do, we think it's going to be a better tire to get us to the end of the race. So it might have just been a safe, a safe route to go. Take the most points you're going to get of the season right now. And if you go from P2 and P4 to P3 and P4, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess that's kind of what the thought process was, but I was surprised. They're the yeah. only two cars on hearts. At, yeah, it seemed, car. it seemed like almost like a Ferrari level strategy mistake. But again, looking back at it, I think it actually worked out in their, in their favor because we saw Lewis Hamilton couldn't really hang on um, and also didn't have enough of an advantage to get past either. He's like, that car's a rocket ship. Yeah, I know. That was awesome. <laughs> but I think that that restart, the safety car restart, brought some of the most exciting action of yes. the entire race. Seeing Lando Norris go toe-to-toe with a seven-time world champion, both Brits, so yes. both at their home track, and just the good, clean racing that they had, not giving an inch to no. Lewis Hamilton. That was amazing and winning. to see those two. And winning, yes, that was awesome. It was awesome. Such good racing. It was so much fun. Um, and, you know, Russell, both Russell and Hamilton were blown away at how fast the McLarens were. Uh, yeah, that, I think. But also you got to see that that Mercedes didn't really have the top speed again. You know, it, it took Russell a while to get past uh, Charles Leclerc, you know, earlier in the race when he was stuck behind him. Um but yeah, man, those McLarens were on a different level this weekend. Dude, they were. And then we had Stroll versus Gasly, uh, where Stroll left the track to gain an advantage. And then, you know, you kind of also just kind of then took Gasly out of the race. Pulled a Lance Stroll. Look, and, I just uh, want to go on the record and say that Lance Stroll is a menace. Needs, <laughs> something needs to be done. <laughs> <laughs> This guy, it's man. just Lance Stroll being Lance Stroll, dude. Like, God. he's almost like 
he's almost like a good wild card to have on the field. He's like <laughs> in hockey, how they got like the enforcers that yeah. just go around and beat people up. That's basically Lance Stroll. It's like, you never know <laughs> if you're going to get by him and he's just going to let you go like he was doing earlier in the race, or if he's just going to decide that, you know what, now's the time. Now's the, the time where I'm going to take us both out. The FIA has a uh, has two buttons sitting up there. They're like, this race is getting boring. Should we, one, make f- a Ferrari power unit catch on fire, or two, unleash Lance Stroll? In this race, <laughs> they just decided to hit both of them. <laughs> unleash the Stroll. <laughs> <laughs> Gasly luckily made it around to the pit, but that was it. Um, and, but the whole time, I was like, oh, my gosh, if Gasly's out now, we safety car this again? Like, yeah. does McLaren come in and throw softs on? Probably not, but like, ugh. That would have been, been wild. Imagine uh, a safety, a red flag standing start. And then you had oh. Perez v. Signs, which was the most depressing <laughs> because I mean, freaking Russell and a Mercedes passed Signs. And Perez, what are you doing back there, bud? <laughs> what is it that you say you do here? <laughs> I did. I felt bad for signs though. He got, he lost three positions in two turns. Basically. I thought there was something wrong with his car. And Leclerc. (laughs) Yes. I thought there was an issue with the car. I was like, Perez has to have a problem because he's dropping back way too fast, but no, he just legitimately just got past three times in two turns. (laughs) Stop. You can stop kicking the man. Now he's already dead. Like, We thought Leclerc couldn't get any lower. Turns out they're just going to bring signs down to Claire's level. Now. Jeez. Those yeah, that guys. was not good. Oh, man. And then Albon. Oh, my gosh. Passing a Ferrari. Yes. In, oh, On man. merit. Yes. Not because of a mistake that Williams passed a Ferrari. I, I think so far Albon is one of the surprises of the season. And I, I feel like he's really come into his own. I know that they've also started giving him a decent car, too. But I feel like Albon's really started to to come into his own and make some big improvements this year. He has. I don't think he's ever going to be a Max Verstappen. Uh, no, not, no, not at all. But And I don't think he should leave. I think he's in the right car for where he is and continue to soak it up and enjoy it. Uh, yep, exactly. Kind of. But, uh, yeah. And so race ends. We have Max and then both then Lando P2, Lewis Hamilton P3, Oscar Piastri P4, George Russell P5, Perez is in six, Alonso seven, Albon eight, Leclerc and Signs nine and ten. Oof. Man, it was so, and I was actually really pleased to see both Lando and Lewis on the, the podium. Yes. I thought it would have been cool if it was the two McLarens, but. You know, Lando and and Norris was cool. And I was also looking at it. I was like, what would have to happen to have George Russell on the podium as well? And I was like, that's a lot of things that would have to go wrong. But that would have been They awesome said the last time they had two Brits on the podium in Silverstone was, I believe, 99. And it was David wow. Coulthard and some other dude. Um, but yeah, and then the freaking cameraman missed out because lewis and and norris couldn't wait to do the champagne and so they still got to hand max their trophy and they're like screw it champagne everywhere like yeah and that was because the whole time i'm waiting i was like i love lando's celebration the way he slams the bottle and like oh the champagne's already going and then you see him out of the corner of the screen you can barely see him but he did it it's it. like his and also danny's i love their podium celebrations shoeys yeah which i it saw was- afterwards lando and uh piastri were doing shoeys Oh, were they? Yeah. That Danny, man. He, he 
leaves an impression. I also saw afterwards that Shakira was quite happy and sitting in the Mercedes garage. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Hey, and I was looking something up. Shakira was there in Lewis got podium this weekend. Uh, what was the other one? Was it Spain when he got on the podium? And Shakira was there. Yep. That was and when it then... started. Oh, was it? Yeah. Well, she's been there for at least two podiums for Lewis. So it's looking Just good saying. whenever she's there, you know? Man, great race, though. Oh, and uh, also another little nugget. It was the smallest win victory or smallest lead Max Verstappen has had all year. To include last race where he hitted through softs on and Leclerc was three seconds ahead of, or behind him at that point, and then he pulled a two-second gap. This was the smallest at 3.79 seconds from Lando. Way to go. That's, man, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. The, the gap is closing. You know, we'll see what happens next week, but I, it, this is exciting, man. I yeah. love it. I love to see these other teams just clawing and scratching their way, shortening up that gap and just fighting with each other. It's like, which team is going to be the best of the rest of this weekend? Um, okay. Heroes and zeros. Oh, yeah. Heroes and zeros. What am I th- I completely lost train of thought. All right. Let me say 45, 20. We're back. All right, heroes and zeros for this weekend. Let's, uh, why don't you start out with your zeros this time? Haas. Ooh, big, Haas is a zero. Big, I know I'm kind of kicking a man when he's down, but like, man, it was a bad weekend for Haas. H- Hulkenberg got his front wing taken off in the first lap, dropped to last place, K-Mag catches on fire from basically last place. I mean, just. No steps moving forward in any way, shape, or form. Just really, I hate to kick a team when they're down, but dude, bad. Yeah, um, not good. And my second zero is Alpha Tauri for the same reason. There, there's no forward movement. And I've yeah, been they pulling were... for them all year. I've been trying to pull for Alpha Tauri, and I've been saying it's not that bad of a team. But I have decided I can't figure out who's the best and who's the medfield constructors. But the black, but the back of the pack is squarely Alfa Romeo, Alpha Tauri, and Haas. They have yep, claimed sure. those positions and owned them. Actually, yeah, Haas or Alpha Tauri finished dead last at 17 in P17 and P16. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Not good for them. Right. Um, and then my third zero is Stroll. <laughs> the pressure's on. You know everyone's watching. Right, I'm not expecting him to be competing with Fernando Alonso per se, but you can't be down in 14th place taking other cars out as you always are when you actually have a car that can compete. Like yep. it, I don't this think he's was in that seat. This was just classic stroll being stroll. It was, and you got now backers and investors watching that. That uh, that's bad branding. <laughs> like yep. So stroll well, was. The- I definitely I agree with that. And I got three different zeros. Oh, good. I was trying to shake it up a little bit instead of just saying Perez and Ferrari, you both suck. (laughs) Okay, well, I will go ahead and say that. (laughs) My first zero is Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) And just to see that now both drivers have zero confidence in the team and in the strategy and some of the calls that they make. It's just it's it's not looking good over the Scuderia. It is. And I'll say my second zero is Perez, man. This guy, fifth race in a row without making it to Q3. 
His third race, he hasn't made it out of Q1. So you've got Monaco, he was P20. Spain, he was P11. Canada, he was P12. And these are his starting positions, so this yeah. is qualifying. Um, Austria, he started P15. And then this weekend, he started P15. Yeah. In the fastest car on the grid. By a mile. Which, problem. That's a huge problem. And my next and final uh, zero is Cara Delevingne. And she is the actress slash model. Cara Delevingne. She's the actress slash model that blew Martin Brundle off during the grid walk. <laughs> and, and she was like, oh, no, no, no. And Martin Brundle's like, yeah, I'm sure it would have been very interesting anyways. And walks off. <laughs> I like Martin Brundle a lot. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, um, all right. So let's go on with the heroes for this week. All, all of the Mercedes cars. The McLaren. Obviously, for both of them, Lando Norris on the podium, Piastri P4, badass weekend. We've been saying it the whole time. McLaren's a hero. Uh, Williams, hell yeah, Alex Albon, like getting it. Huge strides forward for them. They're talking about them being a solid midfield team. And I think Alpine needs to be worried. Yeah, uh, oh, for sure. And Mercedes. Mercedes, nice. I think, has solidified themselves so far in that P2 position um, behind Red Bull and beating out Aston Martin and Ferrari. And that's, uh, I think that says something from where they started at. And uh, they're just doing awesome. They're doing Mercedes like they always do. So kind of all the Mercedes powered cars are my heroes this weekend. Nice. And it's funny to see Mercedes doing Mercedes. So earlier on in the weekend, they're just talking about how bad the car is, how slow it is, blah, blah, blah. And then they come out on Sunday and they've got decent race pace. They do. You know, it's so better. it's just, it's just, I, I feel like it's just the language of Mercedes. It's like, I said everything's <laughs> earlier in the year and I got a lot of heat. And I was like, no one out develops Mercedes Benz. Oh, yeah. They will be there. And I got a lot of heat for that. But, uh, you sure did. Told you so. <laughs> Sound like Bottas with uh, <laughs> that when he finally came back and won a race or whatever. He's like, for all the haters, yeah. <laughs> I never went anywhere or whatever. <laughs> what about um, you for your heroes? All right. So my heroes, I have, you went with all Mercedes cars and there's also a theme to my heroes. My first hero, I'm going to say McLaren as a whole. As a whole. It's, they, they came to play and they're I hope hopefully going to continue this. And if they do then they're going to be a problem for everybody else in the field. My second, keeping in the theme in the papaya, I'm breaking from tradition and I'm going with Lando Norris. I'm separating him from McLaren because Lando, to see that, mainly because of that battle with Lewis Hamilton and the way he held his own in that on track, going against the seven-time yeah. world champ, awesome. Awesome. I've always thought that Lando is like one of those talents that just needs the right car to really yep. prove how good he is. And he's always got a lot out of a bad car. So to see him in a good car is awesome. And my third hero, I'm going with Oscar Piastri, separating him from the team as well, because not only, you know, he got an upgraded car and showed that he's good, but he was holding his own against Lando Norris against all the other people on the track like after he pitted and he was going coming back through the field the field yes like he was putting on some good moves and we've seen little bits of it throughout the season but yesterday he really put it all together and i think that lando norris and oscar piastri are going to be a good duo until the point when they start 
becoming a Nico Rosberg and Lewis Hamilton, yeah, which is going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. <laughs> so I'm just going to enjoy it until then. And hey, once the sparks start to fly, we'll enjoy that as well. Yep. Um, predictions. Not great. Oh, no, not good at all. Not good at all. It's a poll. I believe we both had Max. Uh, we did both have Max on poll. Yep. P3, Who I you had have? Charles Leclerc. Ooh, Swing had, and a miss. I had Charles Leclerc's teammate, Carlos Sainz. Or even harder swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to do it, but nope. P2, uh, I was close. I had Hamilton. Oh, almost, man. I was almost there. Ah, my P2, I had Checo Perez. Swing I was about and four a spots miss. Off. <laughs> P1, I had Max. I think so. P1, we both had. Yeah, I had Max, too. Got that it, one. Woo! Got that. I got my, my usual two points. And then wild card, I had Hulkenberg in Q3. and He went out in P11 in Q2. Mm, just <sighs> barely missed it. Dude, my wild card, I forgot what I picked for my wild card, but now that I'm looking at it, this was a huge miss, and I'm glad it was. My wild card was Piastri with DNF. That <laughs> was and a big miss. He <laughs> Luckily, he did not. Man, almost made it on the podium if it wasn't for bad luck. <laughs> Dude, great race. Great uh, time. Couldn't have asked was, for a better Silverstone. I don't think it was nearly as good as last year's. I don't think this one's going to be rated the top race of the season again, but great race and great I can just smile thinking about yep, it. Yeah, for sure. Yep, I 100% agree with you. And yep, Silverstone doesn't disappoint. Oh, well, we have a week off. There's no race this weekend. Um, but we do have lots of stuff going on. Namely, Danny Ricardo driving the RB19 Tuesday on Silverstone. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. I hope that they, like, I'm, I'm sure the Red Bull marketing team is going to be all over this. This is a huge marketing event for them or an opportunity for them. So I can't wait to see. And I hope, could you imagine if he goes out there and just starts killing it? And you know they're going to put him in Checo's car. Because oh, they, yeah. they want to see exactly like-for-like like equipment. You're driving Checo's car. What can you do? Oh, yeah. I can't oh. wait. I'm so pumped. So let's, we'll come back. We'll talk about that and some other things later on in the week. But if you guys like this podcast, make sure you leave us a rating and a review and share it with a friend. And I think that's going to be it for this awesome Silverstone weekend review. So unless you got anything else, Dylan. Stay classy, America. We'll see you next time.